Hello and welcome to the Talking City podcast. My name is Seb Parkinson. I'm going to hand you over in a second to Tyrone Marshall, one of our senior football writers here at the Manchester Evening News. He has sat down for a very, very special interview with David Bernstein. Now, David Bernstein, he's releasing a book which is due out on the 11th of March called We Were Really There, The Rebirth of Manchester City. Now, I'll just read you the description of the book. This is a story of how Manchester City was saved from oblivion told by the man who oversaw the rescue operation. Without David Bernstein's work in five critical years as chairman, it is impossible to see how the 2008 takeover, which paved the way for Pep Guardiola and unprecedented success at Manchester City came to be. David Bernstein sat down with Ty for around 25 to 30 minutes to talk everything about his time at the club, the ups and downs, and basically what was going on at Old Trafford and whether that affected things. It's a really, really, really good chat. And there's a little bit about Roy Keane there and his his uh, lack of, uh, of forgiveness for the, uh, for the Irishman. So sit back, relax and enjoy this wonderful, wonderful interview. Okay, so David, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Talking City podcast. Um, first of all, tell us about the idea of, of writing the book and, and how you sort of found the process of of going through it and, and rem- reminiscing about all those memories of your, your time at City. Yeah, it was uh, it's been a very, very exciting project, really. I, I was asked by quite a few people to, you know, to think about doing something like this, and in the end, I, I took the plunge and um, working. Um, with uh, uh, Tim Witch, who's been helping me enormously putting this together, it brought back a lot of fantastic memories. I think the reason that I really wanted to do this is that we call it the, you know, the rebirth of Manchester City, and um, and it is a rebirth. And I think the fact that uh, we moved the club from where it was when I took over in the more or less the third level of English football to become world champions, or bit twenty years later. Um, you know, it's an amazing story. And, uh, you know, a lot of younger people particularly will think this began when our but tremendous Abu Dhabi owners, um, you know, came, you know, came into, the, into the picture. But really and truly, had we not done this groundwork and done all the work we did over five years from 1998 um, and changed the club, did the new stadium deal, got a new training ground, you know, just brought the club forward really in the last sort of 100 years. In, in in five from you know from the nineteen twenties really up to date, um, then I don't think the the Abu Dhabi deal would ever have happened. So yeah, I think it's a great story of change, of how to change an organisation, of transformation. Um, and within the within the book are a lot of interesting, I think, uh, stories uh, and recounting uh, uh, some details about all manner of things with the mm. managers, with deals, and with all sorts of things we had to do to get the club right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're writing the book about your your history of, of supporting City and, and watching City. I mean, it, it must have been a very proud day when you became chairman, but it was clear as well that you probably inherited a club that was was in a bit of a state in, in March 98, really. Well, it was. It was in a, in a, in a terrible state. And I think I think a lot of people were very nervous about dealing with the club. Um, you know, the fans were very upset. They were very, you know, sort of mutualist frame of mind. Uh, they they sort of threatened my, you know, frankly, my predecessor in a number of ways, um, and 
But in a way, the, the extent of the problems I felt was an opportunity because although things were really bad, the, 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 the strength of the problems, the, the scale of the problems, you know, made radical change possible. Yeah, and, and people really left it to me for a period of time, uh, surrounded by a very good team that were built up. But they let me lead um, this change with very little opposition and things I don't think we could have done before we were able to do um, because uh, we left no, st <laughs> no stones un unturned in, uh, you know, in, t in taking the club forward. Yeah, there was no kind of trepidation then at, at doing the job because obviously within a couple of months the, the club were relegated into the third tier. It was, it was clearly dark times, but you, you kind of saw that as an opportunity then really. Exactly. I, I, I think I did. I think there was a lot of, of low-hanging fruit. There were some easy things to do. There were some very, very difficult things to do. And uh, yeah, I felt, and the book is the book is partly about change and transformation and how to revitalize an underperforming organization. Um, but, but some of the things we did were sort of real you know, hard decisions. I mean, there's the stadium, the training ground, and so on. Other things were sort of symbolic to show to the fans that this really was going to be something different, that we, you know, we, 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 would, we would shy away from the difficult decisions and we'd be really radical when we needed to be. Yeah, the, the, the title of the book is, is brilliant. We were really there. And obviously that, that, that season in the, in the third tier was, uh, was We're Not Really Here. Um, obviously the, the famous City yes. song. I mean, there's... Exactly. there's there's some great stories in that book about you know the, the club you inherited and divisions there at the time, but it's clear that that day, the May the thirtieth, nineteen ninety nine, is is massive in in the club's history, isn't it? I mean, how when you took your seat in the in the Royal Box at Wembley that day, I guess there was a lot of pride, but it, it must have been an incredibly nerve wracking day for you as well. It was the most tense, nerve wracking sporting experience I've ever had or ever will have. Uh, yes, the 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 the, the scale of the um, yeah, the, the importance of the result was huge. Had we not gone up, it is possible that we could never have done the new stadium deal. And if we hadn't done the new stadium deal, then I don't think the Abu Dhabi people would ever have come in. The history would have been totally different. So that match was vital. And of course, to be two goals down with one minute to go uh, and then to win the match was just uh, just quite extraordinary. I will, I've never quite recovered from it. It was such a such an extraordinary moment. I think the most, without question, the most important match of the club's history. Yeah, I can say that quite quite, you know, unequivocally. I know we had the uh, we won the the Premier League for the first time with Aguero's goal and so on, and that was tremendous. Of course, it was. But this was a sort of a life and death um, match, and we came through the most extraordinary circumstances. Can you still remember now, kind of the feelings at, at two 0 down? Obviously, they weren't. City weren't turned down for that long, but obviously there was the exodus of fans. Do you still, do you still vividly picture being at Wembley, seeing those fans leaving, and what was going through? Yeah, as there was, there it was yesterday. I can see that huge Wembley scoreboard, Gillingham two, Man City nil. The Gillingham fans singing away, their blue, their dark blue flags flying away, and feeling and saying to myself, "My God, we've worked so hard, and I thought we did so many of the, you know, the right things to get to where we've got to." What are we going to do now? This is going to be really hard next season. You know, much tougher in a way than the season we've just been through. Um, and then we get the first goal, and, and I, I entitled one of the chapters 89-25 because that mm. is the time when um, just before 
we scored the uh, Kevin Holland goal um, when, of course, one of our players touched, just touched the boot of a Gilligan player and gave us the throw on that they could have had. And from the phone, we scored and so on. Um, and that, that, that then I thought, yeah, of course, I thought typical City, you know, one goal is too little, too late. And then, of course, Paul Dickhoff does, does what he did, and that was an extraordinary moment. Yeah. And now that we hadn't won the match there. We had, we had to win a penalty shootout. But somehow that seemed to be inevitable once we got the two goals back. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine us losing that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, because the moment everyone remembers from that game is Dickhoff scoring. And you, in, in your memory now, it kind of feels like it ends there in a way, that the story ends there. But obviously it didn't, did it? It was 30 minutes of extra time, a penalty shootout. And we talk about typical City a lot, but did it kind of feel that day that it was, you know, once that goal had gone in, it was destined to, to happen for you? Well, 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 it did. Of course, I think we were celebration at the end of the match. It was, it was all you know, highly memorable. And I think that tip, on that day, in a way, that typical City thing began to go away. You know, we pulled something back from the brink of disaster, and that that began to uh, generate the momentum that was so important. And then we got, of course, the promotional following year. And although we had a setback the year after, I thought, yeah, we, there was enough momentum then, and uh, with Kevin Keegan coming in uh, to get back straight away, that was vital. We got back the second time, uh, so we had three promotions in four years. And of course, the club has never really looked back. Uh, since then, certainly, certainly has been relegated since then, and now, of course, we are where we are. Yeah. Did Did you feel after you'd won that playoff final that right? This is this is the start of something now. Obviously, you had another league to go through, but did it feel like we're we're on the right track now? We're moving it, in the right direction. It, it, it did. It did. It did. It was a it was a side, but you could imagine the the Philip of winning a important match in that way it was almost like a miracle uh, to have won that match. Um, yes, it gave us tremendous confidence, and it gave Joe Royal confidence, and we were able, of course, then to build on the team a bit. We could, we could bring in, you know, some um, championship type players, and rather than being in the in the third level of, of football, so definitely it gave us a platform to to move on. Yeah, and we don't want that game. I think history would have been very, very different. Yeah, you still write in the book about kind of the, the financial difficulties the club still had at times, and, and trying to sort of level things out. And there's there's the amazing story about Wimbledon offering. To merge, which when you think about it now is is absolutely incredible, <laughs> it isn't was, it? I mean, well, you it, clearly it, gave it. Was pretty, it was it was pretty incredible then, to be honest. I mean, I mentioned in the book, but it was never really seriously considered. I mean, I would have been I would have been shot at dawn had I you know done something like that. But they they say they saw an opportunity to to use their Premier League status to to achieve you know our the 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 background, the history, and the scale of our club. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, from their point of view, it was quite a sort of clever idea, but it was never going to work. And something I could never, if we were going to succeed, it had to be done keeping the purity of the club, keeping the history of the club, and not not having any fancy fancy you know, changes like that. Yeah, you mentioned the interest from from David Murray as well. It's it's amazing to look back and think that you know, these these people in Wimbledon saw City as an opportunity, really, when. They are a massive club in their own right and now one of the biggest clubs in the world in their own right. But I guess it shows the, the standing of the club, really, in the early days of, of your chairmanship. Well, well, exactly. You know, we, we, we remember Ben Road was described as the uh, theatre of comedy uh, mm. at one time. You know, I used to say, I used to say, well, after a year or two, well, nobody's laughing now, um, you know, without know, performances. And, and of course, at that time, Man United 
were reigning supreme and had done the you know done the the um, the treble and had that fantastic European Cup and so on. And we were so far behind them in every respect. But I did say even then that my ambition was that Manchester would become the Milan of English football with two great clubs in it. Right? I, I must say I didn't expect to leave United trailing in our wake as they are now. That, that I never expected, but. You know, I, I really did have the the, the hope and the dream of the ambition that we would draw level with the big clubs in in, um, in you know become one of that sort of top group. Mm. Uh, of course, we've we've actually gone way ahead of that. Yeah, and what did United success kind of play on your mind at any point at that time? Obviously, the, the treble, the year you guys got got promoted back out of League One. Was it almost like the two clubs were on a separate path at that time? Was it kind of yeah. anything you were thinking about or? No, they were so they were, the clubs were so far apart. Really, I did, you know, and enough enough to think about dealing with real issues um, in the <laughs> you know near the division we were in and all the problems that we had and the challenges that we had. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have much time to think about United. They were, they were as I say, they were a different planet uh, at that stage. Um, for us, I was, I was I was more concerned about beating York City and Lincoln City, or at least losing to York as we did and losing to. Um, to Lincoln and losing twice to Wickham and to Wickham, we lost twice in the same season in the league. You know that, those those are sort of things where I was, where I was really worried about. Um, but uh, yes, but United were always there. You know, back in your mind, you thought one day, you know, one day we'll catch them. Yeah, it's nice to be able to look back at those York and Wickham games now and, and laugh about them, really, isn't it? You know, they they turned it out is. they turned out it right is. in the end. Battlefield, Macclesfield, Macclesfield, yeah, local well, derbies against Macclesfield. we've teamed up with manchester city to bring one listener the ultimate manchester city fan experience immerse yourself in city's state-of-the-art stadium tour experience featuring all three of the treble winners trophies as well as a first-hand feel as you walk out from the etihad stadium glass tunnel But that's not all. Not only will you have a full tour of the stadium in all its glory, you will sit in Pep Guardiola's seat on the touchline to soak up that matchday feel as well as experience the newly updated virtual press room where you can sit next to the likes of Pep Guardiola himself, Manuel Akanji, Nathan Ake and Erling Haaland. If you want to be in with a chance of winning this fantastic prize, all you have to do is subscribe to the Talking City podcast and leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and email a screenshot with your name, location, and contact information to Talking City Pod. That's Talking City Pod at gmail.com. And we will announce the winner very soon. Good luck. two promotions in two years, getting back in the Premier League that quickly, how much of a difference did that make to what you were able to do at the club? Oh, a huge. I mean, it gave us confidence, it gave us credibility, it enabled us to start to raise some finance. I mean, we were never overflowed with money, but at least we, we had we had, you know, had some funds uh, to, to play with. And they enabled us so importantly to complete the deal for the new stadium with uh, Sport England and the City Council, and a very good deal, if I may say so myself, mm. one of the best deals ever done. 
and football have been really the stadium cost a total about 150 million, of which we only uh, had to pay about 10 million towards that. And we, we were, you know, we were effectively given, um, you know, a wonderful stadium like that. So that, that I think was a sort of deal of the century um, in terms of uh, getting a stadium. Um, so yes, it was, it was, uh, it was crucial. And although we did get that relegation uh, the following season, that wasn't, you know, we did, we felt we had to get back, but we didn't feel in a way, too depressed about that somehow, you know, because we, we'd achieved so much. Um, we felt that was a setback, but it was, we, we would overcome that, which we mm. did. I think one of the most kind of emotive passages in a way I'd, in the book, I find, was, was Roy Keane and, and Alfie Inger Harland and, and what went on around that. I mean, you describe it as a, uh, as a premeditated assault in the book. I think it's pretty clear that's what it was, really. Um, you say you've never forgiven Roy Keane, still can't watch him as a, as a pundit. Yep. You know, even all these years on, it's clear that that you know it, it's still an issue that is, it, it, I guess, it's close to your heart in a way, isn't it? It's something that was, it was just wrong, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it's a character weakness of mine, probably. I don't, I don't forgive easily, and uh, and you know, it was it was the blatant nature of that. You know, the fact that he, he you know, people knew he was going to do it. I mean, he was quite open about it. He boasted about it. He stood over the the, the injured Holland and said that you know, effing well uh, serves your wife. And so on. So yeah, and I think he wrote about him afterwards. Um, I got fined very heavily uh, by the football association. So you know, it was a pretty. I mean, things happen in football. It's a tough game, but people get injured. But this was a little bit different. This was premeditated it, and and something that he actually boasted about. Yeah, and you write a lot in the book about the kind of the medical reports and and what came back. And obviously, Alfie already had issues with his knees, but. That that yeah. certainly pushed his being closer to retirement, didn't it? That tackle and, and the knock on effects and you know, medically and in terms of confidence around his, his body, I guess, it it, it led uh, to the end of his city career. I think so. His city career and his football and his, and his football career not, not that long afterwards. Yeah. Of course it's wonderful that he's he's now got a son who is one of the greatest players in the world. I mean, that, that must be a great conversation to him. Um, you know, and, and the way history has turned is uh, Turned on itself. I mean, it's wonderful to have a player that policy with with Liam Hall play for the club. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do do you think do you think justice was ever done in in that case? You you, you write in the book about how you know the, the club looked at the potential of of suing Roy Keane. Um, you know, do you think justice was done in the end, or did, did he still well, I mean, get away? With we, we, yeah, we, in the end, with these things, you have to take advice. You've got to be sensible. You get very emotional about things, but you you know, if you, if you start to get over emotional. And start, you know, go down needle moose on gonna work. It only causes heartache and, and a lot a lot loss for everybody. So, you know, I think we had to take the decisions that we did. I was reluctant to do it, but uh, that was the advice we had the medical advice that we had, uh, the legal advice that we had. So um yeah, so we are, you know, we, 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 we were we were where we were. But it was a very sad episode. Yeah. It, it, it's clear in the book that you kind of wanted to Pursue it as far as you could, really, for for the club and well, for Alfie, well, I guess. We well, absolutely, what well, we did, I and mean, we did pursue it as far as we, as we sensibly could. Yes, and you know, you mentioned you mentioned his son there. I mean, it must be, it must feel quite strange in a way to to watch Manchester City now and, and see that name popping up on on the score sheet pretty much every well, week. Well, it's, it's very very odd. I've also been on to see Casper Spital. Yeah, and go, you know, where we had Peter playing for the club for a while. They're extraordinary type. Because, of course, so much time has passed already. I can't believe we're talking about 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It seems to have gone into flash. 
Um, but 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 they but there you are. But I, you know, I'm hoping that the book provides a lot of interesting stories from the inside. Oh. Sorry, that's okay. Sorry about sorry. sorry about that. That's right. The, the, the book provides um, you know some, a lot of interesting stories from the inside mm-hmm. uh, of um, of a of a club during a, a very very dynamic period when so much happened in a short time. Mm. You, you you paint quite a vivid picture as well of, of the two managers that you had and, and your relationships with them and and how they differ. I mean, looking back now, how how did you find Joe and Kevin? It's it's clear your relationship <laughs> with Joe kind of fell apart at the time and, and hasn't really recovered. Well, well, it, well it did. And I'm, I'm very sorry that it, that it did. I mean, my relationship with Joe was very close for uh, two or three two or three years. Um, I enjoyed it enormously. I like working with him. We achieved you know, real success together. Um, you know, and, and I was really sorry in the end when you know, we got relegated, things hadn't worked out. The book explains in some detail um, you know, what happened culminating in a dinner that we had together where I raised, I think it was 13 different issues with him and didn't really get the response I was hoping for. And then, and then of course, he... Well, I, well, I was more or less left the club by then, but he sued the club uh, for compensation because he thought he he hadn't been paid off in the right sort of way, and and that was sad as well. So, you know, I was very sad because uh, the, the the first two or three years with Joe were the best years I had in you know in sports, and I would never forget it. Um, Kevin was Kevin was a different kettle of fish. Um, we you know, we brought Kevin in to give us a dynamic. Response to being relegated and to get up straight away, give us it, give us some impetus, and he did without any question. We had we had a terrific first year with a hundred goals of a hundred points, and there were no playoffs or anything necessarily there. We you know we, we walked away with it with the championship, but you know Kevin is Kevin. You know, I think we we knew the the, the animal when we were chopping him on. Um, you know he he was very demanding. Uh, the problem was that some of the demands just weren't realistic, and in the end. Uh, there were some things I was prepared to do, and some things I found really difficult. And it kind of culminated with the Robbie Fowler um, signing. Um, you know, he was Kevin was very fixated on it. Kevin almost wanted to pay a fee for a player um, who's at that stage his injury record wasn't wasn't great. I mean, he'd been one of the great strikers of all time, but uh, you know, I think he was past his best by then. And I th- I felt we could get him on a Pay for play basis without a fee at all, but Kevin got close to my colleagues, to uh, uh, John Ward and David Bacon, who provided a lot of the funding for the clubs. And uh, one way or another, I found myself sort of negotiating against Leeds, Leeds United, and against my own team, my own people, and that wasn't comfortable or easy. Um, and in the end, I think history will show that I was right. Mm. That um, you know that did not have a great time at that that city. Uh, he was uh, past his best because of injuries, and um, it didn't work out very well. But by then it was by then it was three. It was too late. Yeah. Did did that kind of bring an end to your spell as chairman? Maybe quicker than you expected it to, because it's quite it's quite well, clear. It did. I mean, I mean, yes, definitely. I mean, I mean, within even six months before that, uh, we were in such a strong position. So yeah, you're going so well. I actually remember saying to other board meeting to the board, you know, guys, we have got a situation, it's very unusual. We're really together. We're working as a, a tight, tight team. There's no leaks to the press or to the media. 
Um, we've got the fans totally on board. You know, this is something I, I said, this, this won't last. I'm sure it won't last, but let's make it last as long as we possibly can. And then these pressures came. Well, there's other things happened as well. It wasn't just the what we found at DL. There's other things as well. And um, in, you know, in March, it was March uh, 2003, I just felt the thing was beginning to sort of fall apart and fragment. And all the things I've been so proud of and we were doing so well were, were not working as well. And you know, I just wasn't prepared to um, operate in that way. Yeah. Did, did, do you have any regrets? Any regrets no, looking back? No, no I, no, I don't. I think, I, think it was, I think the situation was, was becoming impossible for me to do things you know, I love the club. Frankly, I love the club too much to do things the wrong way. Mm. And just to hang on, and then things got more and more difficult. There'd be more and more leaks in the media and whatever else. It's, it's not the right one to run the, to run it. So, no, I, I think it was tough. It was really tough, and I missed it totally. But I think it was the right decision, and, I, and I've got no regrets at all. There. Yeah, and looking at the club now, I guess the a huge part of your legacy is the stadium they play in, isn't it? Well, it is. It is. I'm so proud of that. I think. I think the one. The one thing that would have happened, major thing, would have happened differently had I stayed on, is that the tax in Shinawatra deal, that the sale to him, would not have taken place. Mm. I think. I think the club was getting itself again into a very difficult financial situation, and did a bad deal to get out of it by selling to him, and and he sold it on a few years later. And a profit, and a quite a big profit, mm. and that profit shouldn't have gone to him. That profit should have gone to the to the existing shareholders, mainly the fans. Yeah. They were the shareholders. About two thousand fans were shareholders, and they, in the end, sold at an undervalue, um, and they were the losers, actually. Mm. So, although it's worked out wonderfully well in the end, um, there's that interim period that really should have been avoided. Yeah, that's, a, that's an important element of this book, I think. That you know, balls well and ends well. If you can't argue with that. But the journey there should have been a little bit different. And, and the fans certainly would have been better off financially. Yeah, definitely. In, in terms of where they are now, though, and, and the, the attractiveness of the club, I guess, to, to Daxton Sinawatra and to the Abu Dhabi group, that move away from Main Road to, to the city of Manchester, a, a name that you came up with, I believe, that, that kind of paved the way for everything that followed because that, that stadium made City an attractive club for investors, didn't it? Definitely. I, I think what I can say for certain, they would not have, they would not have bought the club if they'd been staying at Main Road still. The, you know, the stadium added to, added to everything else that the club had, and the history and the support and stock made it extremely attractive. Otherwise, you know, I think City could have been a little, a little bit more like Everton mm. uh, now. You know, another very fine club, a really great club, but who are struggling. Um, and they've, they've, never, they've got anywhere near catching up their, their big, their big, their big neighbours. Um, I think history would be very different. Yeah, and and not only did the club move to a to a brilliant new stadium, but they got a phenomenally good deal for it as well. Absolutely, as I said before, absolutely. It was a last little story. It's in the book um, that I went to um, a match. We had a match at Newcastle, and Sir John Hall, a very astute businessman, was their chairman. And I went. I was in their directors' room. He came up to me and said, "Hey, David," he said, "Hey, that's such a deal." He said, "There's something funny going on in Manchester." A bit funny, uh, uh, yeah, funny business there. He was, uh, you know, intimating there was something going on behind the scenes, which most certainly was. Um, but then I think, I think it was the envy of football. People say, "Well, how could how could City have done this? This this amazing deal for this fantastic stadium, but it hardly cost them anything." And uh, yeah, I, th- I think we took, yeah, we 
we, we saw an opportunity with the Commonwealth Games and the fact that the City of Manchester wanted a first-class stadium for the Commonwealth Games. And we took a very strong negotiating position, considering we had a very weak hand to play, and said, look, yes, we'd love to do stadium, but it's got to be blue, got to be a proper stadium of our supporters. It can't have an athletics track afterwards. It can't be like the, um, the Olympic Stadium that West Ham played at. Um, uh, and, you know, we, 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 could, we could hold 34,000 people in the main road. We'll only pay a rental on the attendances above 34,000. Uh, we, we got all those things out more. Mm, definitely, definitely. And do you go back very often these days? No, I don't go back very often. But, um, I think what it really what happened because of the Shinoatsu thing, which I opposed very strongly, I got so very distant from the club very quickly. And although I'm, you know, I'm on reasonable terms with the present people, I've never, never had a sort of a, an active relationship. So I see that when they're in London, um, and of course, I watched the matches on television, including, including last night, um, you know, all the time. But I don't, I don't think I'm there as much as I really would like to. Mm. Do it, when, when you see them winning trophies, winning leagues in that stadium, you must still feel a, a sense of pride, really, at your involvement in, in laying the foundations for that. I feel, well, that's why, that, well, that's why I've written the book, mm. really. I think it's think you know, so. I like it, though. I like that people realise what happened, what the real history was, um, what we went through to you know, lay those foundations. And I feel absolutely great pride to, yeah, to see this club. I mean, you saw them last night playing, um, playing in uh, Copenhagen. Um, God, I mean, they were a different, a different level completely from the opposition. I mean, uh, the opposition could hardly get hold of the ball. You know, I mean, I, 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 think, well, I think honestly what I could say is that if they win the league this year, It'll be the first time ever clubs won the top division four times in a row. And if they did win the Champions League, if they did for a second year in a row, I think they've got the, they could claim it to be the best English side of all time. You know, that includes the Arsenal, great Arsenal side, or the Spurs double side, or the United side. So I think no side would have achieved the success of Manchester City. And that is quite extraordinary. Yeah, it is quite extraordinary when you think back to, to that. That season, that first full season of yours and, and getting out of uh, League One and, and how valuable that was. Uh, some, some great stories in that book, David. We were really there from Pitch Publishing out on March the 11th. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great read for every City fan, I think. Like you say, there's uh, there's some fantastic untold stories in there. So uh, thanks very much for your time and thanks for joining us. Well, great, great, great to speak to you. All, all the very best.